0: Welcome to Eye on the Illini. Tonight we talk about the bragging rights game where bragging rights were restored. The world was set right. Christmas can now happen in Illinois with a Santa Claus. It, the world is just perfect again. So, Ked, how do you feel after watching uh, the three-game uh, slide that Illinois had taken Uh, Watch that end tonight in St. Louis with the uh, devastating victory, with the Illini coming out uh, on the on the top, eighty-eight to sixty-three, and it could have been a lot wider.
1: You remember that lady a long time ago? There was this uh, meme going around. This lady's house was on fire, Mike, and she kept saying it was on fire. You ever see that? Yep, Illinois was on fire tonight, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell you. That was a beautiful, beautiful performance tonight. That is – it's amazing. The way they can shoot the basketball and, you know, we can all – people who know the game, you got to give Kofi credit because that's why. The way they move it, they're confident. And, you know, I miss Cabello. I miss watching him play the fancy passes. But Trent Frazier is a different basketball player with the ball in his hands. Illinois, I think, is dangerous. I think they're good. But they're dangerous with him shooting the ball the way he is, because he doesn't force shots, but he can shoot off the bounce as good as anybody in the country, and he's making great passes. Is this is fun, and I hope they don't peak too soon. But this is what this is the team that everybody thought they had coming into the season. Matt, what were your what were your initial thoughts uh,
0: coming out of this game? My first thought is Javon Pickett played 32
2: minutes. He went one of eight. He's a minus 35. And Mike, I'm going to let you guess who you think he was guarded by the whole night.
0: Well, I'm going to guess, just because of the altercations going on, that it <laughs> was a man named Trent Frazier.
2: Yeah, it was the guy that Brett Underwood thinks is the best defender in his league and maybe one of the best defenders in the country. Um, yep. A major, major difference. Uh, there are, to his credit, and I think he's a really, really good coach, uh, to his credit, Quanzo Martin has three principles that he likes to install in his Mizzou teams each and every year, and it's defense, rebounding, and playing harder than the other team that's on the other on end of the floor. Um, they didn't do any of those things tonight. And they didn't do them because, unfortunately, in this matchup, the guy on the other end of the bench values all three of those things too. And I thought Illinois hit shots, and I thought that, you know, Trent Frazier goes on that kind of a heater, and I've seen him do it before, and I think we all have. But the legend of Trent, I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to get sturdy tonight but I'll just say it. The legend of Trent Frazier continues because again, if Missouri is going to beat teams like they did the other night against Utah, Devon Pickett's got to play really, really well and got to get into an offensive groove. Well, that's not going to happen if Trent Frazier's guarding. So that, that was out, out, out the door. And then Kobe Brown's got to get going. You would think offensively and, and be a difference maker on both ends of the floor. That's not going to happen when his matchup is, is Kofi Coburn. So, um, Illinois from a matchup standpoint was just so significantly better than Rutgers in every, in every possible way. But I I thought this, this game starts with, you know, them getting on a heater offensively, obviously from three making their first four, but then turning it into basically a defensive clinic, at least until the halftime buzzer. And, and, and that allows them, you know, Mizzou, Mizzou didn't get a whole lot of open looks. I didn't think. And, uh, that's a credit to what Illinois is doing, and again, it's a credit to I think one of the best defensive players in the country, and Trent Frazier, to, to hold down a guy that's that's really kicked Illinois's tail probably the last three years in this game, and in, in Javon Pickett. So um, I think it's a, I, th- I think it, I think that's what stood out to me is that you know there are two matchups that Mizzou had to at least hold their own in tonight, and they didn't do it, and that was those are the two.
0: Yeah, and so just to reset everything for everybody. I'm Illini guy Mike Kegley, you're listening to Eye on the Illini, and of course we have, you just heard uh, Matt Stevens, who is the Illini staff writer, um, and he was down in uh, St. Louis tonight, and we also have on Kedrick Prince, the director of recruiting, and we're trying to see if we can get Brad Sturdy on the Illini guys, Iridium Satellite. Uh, radio phone, um, but we, we, we haven't got that uh, hooked up yet. So we're going we're gonna to go forward with <coughs> Kedrick and Matt on this. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me, gentlemen, is as I looked at it, um, Illinois shot 50% in the first half, which as a coach, if your field goal percentage is 50%, you're feeling pretty good about things. Yet in the second half, they ended up shooting 64%. Um, Kedrick, what do you think happened that allowed a team to go from, uh, blazing hot to a supernova in the second half?
1: I, you know, you saw Brad Underwood draw a couple more plays, you know, like if you remember the play come out of the half for Trent Frazier and, you know, uh, Matt just mentioned, you know, some of the keys for Quanto Ka- Martin. And honestly, I don't want to say Missouri quit, but in the first 10 minutes of the second half they They did It looked like they laid over. I've not seen a team play like that from these teams in the you know especially in the bragging Rights game because in my opinion, the three years that they lost, especially you know two years ago, not last year, I think they kind of punked Illinois. you know they just out physicalized yeah. Illinois, and I don't think that was the case tonight. but when you move the ball the way you move the ball, and this is also a testament to coach underwood. I mean he input, he put in some new, some new wrinkles in the offense and I'm um, hoping the fans remember this. You know, it was the pick and roll right in front of the bench, and usually it was a pick and roll, Kofi and go post. Now it's a pick and roll, Kofi go dunk the basketball off one foot, which we've never seen before at Illinois. So that whole offense changed, I think, um, just different sets off of it, and that's just a sign of, of great coaching to me because you recognize what the team, the, the, the defense is doing. And when you have a guy who, to me, this is to me, I would challenge anybody to show me a better transfer than Alfonso Plummer. That kid has truly changed the game. I was talking to some people before the game. Can you imagine if he was on that team last year with Iowa? I mean, that team potentially could have won it all.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, it's hard to hard to disagree with you. Um, Matt, what kind, of, what kind of tear did, um, you know, you've seen Frazier go on these before anything stand out about uh, what he did as he kind of started the fire in the second half that uh, pretty much, you know, burned up any chance that Missouri had for a, uh, some sort of rally. My first key is that I, I think Trent even noticed it that being such a veteran player, like
2: he is. Um, Missouri's got to be the first team that's faced Illinois in a long, long time that went under screens. Like at least early. I mean, Illinois goes four for four from three because Missouri's going under screens. And I, I look, I, I've watched Kwanza's teams play for years, going all the way back to when he was at Tennessee. Um, they don't do that, <laughs> and, and and it becomes very blatantly obvious to me that this is just a team that he doesn't enjoy coaching because they they. It's the things that I've talked about with Illinois on the defensive end sometimes that frustrate Illinois fans and frustrate Brad Underwood. They, they do the easy stuff. They go under that screen because it's really hard to go over the top and get over the top of that screen and do do the things you got to do. Um, that's why Illinois went hit their first four. And then Trent comes out in the second half, and, and you know, they're up 14 in the, first, in the first half. And I know darn good and well that Kwanzaa went in the locker room and didn't tell them to go under screens on number one. I, mean, I know for a fact that we got to get over the top of that. We got to get in their face. We got to contest shots. Um, and they didn't do any of that. Trent had, you know, wide open looks after coming out of screens. Um, and, and, and I think he noticed that and he was, he was going to put it up. And, and and when Trent's feeling it like that, this team is an, is a new dynamic because not only is he doing what he's doing on the, on the defensive end of the floor, but he got everybody settled down too. And Illinois turned it over 15 times, but, Trent Frazier didn't have any of them, and yeah. that's that's a major major key going forward. Is that I don't know when Andre Cabella is coming back. You don't know when Andre Cabella is coming back, and, and no none of God's children know when Andre Carbello is going to come back. So if he doesn't, Trent Frazier's got to be really really proficient in that point guard role. And I thought tonight he did a really good job leading the team, not only make by making shots, but also you know doing understanding the game plan and understanding that Mizzou usually guards me a certain way, and they're not doing that tonight for whatever reason.
0: So, uh, Ked, you know, we, we looked here. Luke Goody ended up getting seven minutes. R.J. Melendez had six. And uh, Brad, uh, Brandon Posiemski had eight minutes. What did you think of the freshman play tonight uh, in this game against Missouri? I think the future's
1: bright. I really like the fact that Coach Underwood got them in the game. I mean, that speaks volumes because you don't know what the roster will look like next year. I mean, that roster could look totally different. And putting, like you saw what Missouri did, there was a bunch of young guys out there without a lot of experience. And, you know, it wasn't a lot of minutes that they, you know, you know that they got tonight but getting them on the floor. And I just, not because we cover Illinois, but I just, if you look at all three of those guys and, I mean, Brandon has really impressed all of us the last couple games. Um, he just needed a shot to go down. You can kind of see glimpses of him. But I'm a huge RJ fan. I just like his game, and I think you look long-term with him when he's a junior. He may be the best of the bunch just because how aggressive he is as a scorer, and they all may bring something different to the table. Um, I, I obviously, you know, Luke Goody's kind of a – he's a freshman, but if, you know, he has a mindset of a, of a junior but just the overall talent with these guys, if they can continue to get better, you know, you see you see glimpses, you see, uh, you know, the future, and, and, and you see the light, you know, flickering with some of them. If they could get something like that out of Brandon, uh, Brendan and, you know, Luke or RJ every game, even if it's for four or five minutes and you give them, you know, four or five points and a couple of rebounds, that's a bonus, not just to the team, but for their long-term development growth.
0: Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, you see Luke come in and, and immediately he's talking, you know, you could watch him even at the free throw, trying to make sure that everybody knew who had who, you know, trying to, you know, cause again, uh, an errant free throw missed that goes to Missouri is an extra possession that they really don't deserve. And, and he's out there trying to do that, you know, um, R.J. comes in the game and in typical R.J. fashion is right where the ball is a couple times, gets himself right in the middle of things. Um, he has a nose for that, you know, two, two rebounds in, in six minutes. And of course, uh, Podzimski uh, really looked quite good. His form looked um, uh, spectacular and it was very clear that he was uh, comfortable out there. Matt, did you see anything from the freshman that made you, you know, made made any notes the, you know, as you were trying to watch the game? I saw Pods get
2: in Underwood's doghouse the first time he put him out there, uh, because he missed a defensive assignment. And then I think, well, no, he went three for three from the floor. So he didn't do he didn't do the double dip, which normally pods does, which is miss a defensive assignment and then take a questionable shot. Yeah. Um <laughs> but he missed a defensive assignment and underwood. Got on, got on him really hard, um, and then I think even pulled him. And I didn't know if he was going to go back in the ball game. And Underwood decided, "I'm going to put you back in the ball game." And that's when he hit the little shot down here in the corner um, that I thought initially was a three, but he has foot on the line. So um, he did a lot of things tonight that were uh, just you see the next step with him, and you see the, how how much of an underrated athlete he is in all honesty, I, I think that they're, they're grooming him for a role that isn't going to materialize this year because they don't need him, but there's, there's, there's an athleticism from him that I think that they can they can use on both ends of the floor going forward. I, I agree with what I saw out of RJ. I just don't know where his minutes are going to come from, unfortunately. I think when you look at, you know, when you look at, you know, Jacob and Demonte and Coleman, you know, he's, he's going to be playing sparingly, and, and he, makes, he makes the most of it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think this, this group of young kids is going to have to really gel being together, I think, on that scout team, and I think that that's what you're seeing. I think you're seeing RJ and Luke and Brandon play really, really well because that's what they do every day in practice. They're on that blue team every day um, for a reason, and I think that you're going to see that. I, I think going into Big Ten play, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If Brad Underwood does anything but play his normal eight-man rotation, I'll be shocked. But I think tonight was a night that, you know, you, you wanted to get him in just because of the, the margin right now But um, of, of what ended up being tonight. But I thought a lot of them produced, and I thought a lot of them just continue to show signs that there's, there's steps in the right direction that, that should be encouraging.
0: Well, the eight-man rotation – is interesting because you get, you know, Kofi and Plummer, Frazier, Grandison, Williams. So there's your starting lineup. Let's let's, let's play Fantasy Island and pretend like uh, Corbella is going to come off the bench. Um, and then we know Coleman Hawkins is coming off the bench. That's seven. That eighth, that eighth position, you know, I guess if you were going to bet odds on, you'd say maybe Omar Payne, but he's not getting very many minutes. So there is a possibility – for one of these freshmen to squeeze in there, and probably based upon opponent. But um, there's an opportunity. Ked, what do you think about, uh, um, you know, this next game here is their last kind of uh, uh, rehearsal, so to speak, before they go into the Big 10 season. What do you think is on the line for these three guys?
1: Well, it would be nice to kind of see, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, you talked about the, the rotation. Uh, you know, Omar, he spells Kofi early on. And, you know, if he's not going to be that guy, I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen. i kind of like to see Kofi not lock too many minutes and maybe if you can spell Co- uh, Coleman Hawkins at a five a little bit. I think, personally, that's not a bad move for him because he, he gets a lot of silly fouls. Trying to guard the perimeter. Sometimes I don't. I yeah. mean, I know he's he's versatile, but those are wasted fouls to me that I just think that are worthless. Because having him on the floor is gonna, only going to help his confidence. But I think the team is too deep to just go with eight people. I know most great teams go eight or nine. They bragged about the depth of his team. I think if you want to build a program, which Coach Underwood has obviously done, and I just I think he's going to play nine or ten guys. They they won't get a lot of minutes. to tenth guy. But he's going to put those guys out there and give them a chance. But moving forward, I guess, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, and, you know, this is talked about every press conference and all over Twitter. I would really like to see Audrey Cabello come back this one game before non conference. Um, if I was coaching the team, and obviously I'm not, the team is gelling right now. It, they, they have accepted roles. I think even if he came back and 100%, I'd bring him off the bench. I think he can only help the team. I, if you notice, everybody's pressing Illinois this year. Everybody's starting to press because they they struggle with the press. And Trent has done a good job. You know, they have 15 turnovers. i printed three or four of those. Of, you know, I know four of those probably came in the last few minutes of the game when the game was out of reach. So they've cut down on that as well. So I just if he came back, bringing them off the bench is a nice weapon to have. Maybe he's more comfortable there. Um, but it's better having him than not having him, I guess.
0: Yeah, um, Matt. What? How did uh, how did Curbelo look? Obviously, the, the camera you weren't you weren't able to see that. The TV cameras would spend you oh, know yeah, quite a bit of quite a, quite a bit of time. So, what did you see from your vantage point? Oh, from our
2: vantage point on the sideline, we could see the entire bench. I mean, I, I tweeted it out. Love somebody the way that Andre Curbelo loves watching Trent Frazier do something special because. He damn near came out to midcourt to hug him after that second three that he did. And then Trent does the Jordan shrug. And, and Andre just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Um, I, I think the kid, I had a lot of concerns about Carbello um, and how this was affecting him. I, I just from an, just. If you're Andre Carbello and you you identify yourself as a basketball player and you're not playing basketball, what are you? So there's there's a mental health issue going on here, I think too, and and I, I the coaches are not denying that. Um, so uh, that's why I say that, like I don't know and you don't know and all God's children don't know because nobody on this staff knows when he's going to be back. There is not there there isn't there no nobody's lying to anybody. There isn't a date that they have in their head that Andre Carbello is going to come back. And when Brad Underwood, I, I mean, I wrote the story when Brad Underwood basically sits there and says, look, guys, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, he'd love to be able to, like, be, you know, conning the media on this, but I just don't think they are. So, um, yeah, I'd love to see Andre Carbello back. But in, in, in the meantime, this Illinois team's got to keep winning games without him on the floor because I, I there's comes a the point where, Illinois just starts to get credit for playing with the team that they are. And what they are right now is a team without Andre Carbello. So from that standpoint, I thought, I thought they played with a toughness tonight that was exactly what Underwood wanted them to have. And, um, you know, from, from my standpoint, um, what was really interesting is that if this ball, look, Carbello is going to be a guy that's going to make this team deeper and better It'd be, it'd be foolish to think anything else, right? But I thought when Missouri pressed them, and, and maybe Missouri just doesn't press teams, and that's their last-ditch effort to try to get back in the ball game. If the ball movement's going to be the way it is right now, based off of the last couple of games they've played, yep. um, pressure isn't really going to help them. It isn't going to help the opposing team. It's just not. Um, and I saw Illinois break Missouri's press and I think almost get a dunk basically in the midst of, I think, three passes without the ball hitting the floor. And I, it was, it was really, it was really nice to see that. So, um, yeah, I think that this team from a depth perspective would love to have Andre Carbello back. I, I agree with, I agree with Ked, I think bringing him off the bench seeing as how before the injury, he was a guy. I mean, I'll use this term. He was a play, play for both teams guy. I mean, Andre Carbello will play for both teams now. Like <laughs> he'll play for the opposition yeah. too. And, and so if that's going to be the case, maybe yeah, you bring him off the bench, and then if he gets a little out of whack and out of sync, and Under wants to pull his hair out, maybe you pull him a little bit and sit him down a little bit and let him let him you know kind of wear off the adrenaline a little bit, and then put him back in. But um, we're a long way from that, I think. I really are. I think this is the team that's going to have to start not start, continue to win games. And based off the way they played the last few games and especially off since they've started out two and two, I, I, I think Illinois is in a good spot right now.
0: Well, and, and I, I, a couple of things come to mind first off as a, as somebody who has had people close to me and players deal with, um, you know, with concussion. And most importantly, some of the post concussion things, you really can't put a timeline on it. It's just, it's going to be what it is, which, the more cynical people in the media are going to say, Oh yeah, the coach is, you know, trying to keep us, you know, not knowing who's going to play against what team. And, and I guess I feel pretty comfortable um, in my limited um, meetings with Underwood and, and also the way the Illinois athletic department works. I I don't think they're going to be playing poker with that. I think it's going to be based on his health. Uh, Second thing is, is, is my personal coaching thing is, is, When somebody comes back into a position, um, I do like to bring them off the bench because if you start them right away, and they have that one bad game, um, you know, or or whatever, and if you have to take them out of the starting lineup, that becomes the focal point that everybody pays attention to, and and to me, it's just easier to kind of do a s around that you know or a U, you know around that and and just avoid it by bringing them off the bench letting them letting them you know get in with quote less pressure and let things go from there um as we kind of wrap up here um it looks like the uh the uh the illini guys iridium Satellite phone is not working tonight for Mr. Sturdy, so we'll let him search for the keys to that satellite iridium phone and see if he can find them. But, Ked, can you give us your uh, wrap-up thoughts and, and on what you're thinking uh, and, and kind of what you want the fans to think about here at the end of a pretty fun uh, Illini victory over Missouri?
1: Even though Missouri's not very good this year, they have kicked Illinois behind the last three years. Um, Matt mentioned earlier, I think we need hats off to Trent. I don't think people understand how hard it is to play defense like that and to score like the way he does. Usually, if a person guards the way he does, they often suffers, and Trent didn't do that. And because Tavon Pickett probably averages six points a game throughout the season, but against Illinois, he was averaging 15.7 and 15.8 points a game. Um, you never apologize for a win. And just look at the body of work. You know, you can see the confidence building in this team. And tonight, I saw Colvin Hawkins shoot a three pointer tonight. And before it left his hand, I'm like, that's in. And I, the reason I said that basketball, like Tiger Woods said, is mostly mental. You can see it. Everybody's feeding off what um, Plummer's done. You go back to, where I think it was the Kansas State game, was when he caught fire, and you can slowly start to see everybody else's game changed. They needed that one guy to relieve pressure because they were looking for somebody. And I think he, I think he did it and he's fun. He is really, really fun to watch. And, you know, we can argue about who the one of the best transfers in the history of Illinois program, but his name has got to be brought up in the fast If he continues at the pace he is right now, I want to see them do well in the big 10 uh, Minnesota's going to be a, a surprise. If you can win half your road games and compete and take care of home, They'll put themselves in a the position to win a Big Ten title, and they deserve that. They deserve a Big Ten title. Um, they're as good as anybody in the conference. And at one point in time, I thought this was a runaway for Purdue. I don't think that anymore. I think Illinois can compete with them.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I'm actually, um, I'm actually still bearish um, on the 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 Illini going uh, as still being the top team in the conference. We will find out if I'm if I'm wrong pretty quick here, uh, as that Purdue game looms massive, I think on January 17th, um, Matt, what are your final thoughts here as we depart, um, you know, the, the border or excuse me, the bragging rights game. And by the way, Kofi did set a record, the most, uh, rebounds by an Illini player with 14. So he, he just missed the 15, uh, that was needed, uh, to, to, to tie the record, um, from one of the Missouri players, which I'm not going to mention his name because I just don't want to. Uh, you hit my last final thought,
2: which is we know this is the last bragging rights game for Trent Frazier. We know it's the last bragging rights game for Demonte Williams. If it's the last bragging rights game for Kofi Coburn, they all three of those guys got to go out winners and they got to go out with a standing ovation and they all got hugged by their head coach in a game that all three of them played extremely well and all three of them did exactly what their head coach wanted which is play harder than the other team and don't get punked by a Mizzou team that you're just clearly better than which has happened in this game under Brad Underwood before and he knows it um it didn't happen tonight they they took care of business and to see it's hard to describe to people I know Kofi Coburn wants to be a pro and I know he wants to make a lot of money playing basketball for a long time. And I don't have any doubt that he'll get the opportunity to do that. I really don't. But for him to just be childly, like, happy, carrying the bragging rights trophy into the press conference room and literally looking at the entire media people and going, isn't this a beautiful thing? Like, he, he, he looked like a kid. Like, and this was, this was important to him and that it was important to him that he did not leave Illinois 0 oh, and three in the bragging rights game which is what would have happened if he lost tonight um Trent Frazier did not want to be a four-time loser in the bragging rights game and Demonte Williams didn't want to be a four-time loser in the bragging rights game um these guys that means something to them and I thought it was really cool that those guys got to go out winners tonight in dominating fashion and just kind of prove that um, this game's going to be about three things. It's going to be about defense. It's going to be about toughness. And it's, 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 it's going to be about rebounding. And I thought Illinois did all three of those things. And um, I, I think this could be a, a look, it's not a quality win. Let's just be honest, because Mizzou's not there this year. And Kwanzaa would be the first to admit that but I think it can be a jumping off point for this team as they head into a tune-up game before they head into big 10 play because Illinois has got a chance to go on a pretty nice run here. I think with some of these early big 10 games and leading up to that Purdue game, you know, in, in the middle of January. So, um, I was just really happy that as I'm seeing the bragging rights trophy being led onto the floor for some strange reason, I would think maybe for team pictures later on, um, this is a, this is a big deal to those three guys. And it was happy to for them to have a, a college moment that has nothing to do with what they want to do professionally going forward. And they just it was it was a bunch of guys that were acting like six-year-old kids and just kind of playing for the pure quote unquote bragging rights of, of what this game is all about. And I think that I think Illinois fans really, really appreciate seeing that.
0: Yeah, this was a, a very fun victory for Illini fans. You know, we had a team that basically went out, shot 56%, defended, uh, holding Missouri to 36.5% from the field. So you're looking at a, at a pretty impressive beat down there. Uh, you're also looking at, um, you know, winning the rebounding battle, 39-27. to 27. Uh, Impressive, um, you know, beat down there. And you look at what the team did. Um, up and down the court, particularly when they kind of let the Missouri, you know, uh, Tigers back into the game for a few minutes. And then literally just kind of said, well, this is enough of this and turned the game back on and turned the switch back on and and blew them out of the gym. And it was really uh, something to see coming out of the half of fantastically drawn up play to get Trent Frazier, who was already hot, get him the ball again. So You know, it was it was there were a lot of things we saw from both the players and the coaches tonight that are very encouraging. And um, thank you so much, uh, Kedrick Prince, for, uh, you know, coming out uh, late night here and uh, talking with us. Same thing with you, Matt. And we will definitely be uh, talking a little more here in the uh, podcast. So we also want to remind you guys, Eye on the Illini is brought to you by IlliniGuys.com. That is the number one place on the internet to keep track of Illinois sports. And to be real honest with you, I think it's probably doesn't even have to be the internet. We do as good a job as any newspaper, anybody else, of keeping track of what's going on, particularly with Illini basketball and football, Lineaguys.com You can join us $99 for an annual subscription. You have seven days guaranteed free trial. You don't get charged until the seventh day. Please go ahead take a trial you won't you won't you know regret it it's something that we have a lot of people we are way over what we thought we were going to get in our first year of existence keep it coming of course you can also listen to us on 25 radio stations throughout Illinois even going into Iowa and Missouri you can listen to us uh on the Illini Guys radio network um But go to IlliniGuys.com, hit the radio button, take a look at all the stations that have our show, what day they broadcast it. It's a two-hour show that's broadcast on either Fridays or Saturdays, depending on the availability at the station. And we are very proud of that show, and you will have fun. We talk Illini sports. We are positive. We try to laugh. We'd rather laugh than cry if things aren't going well. Um, But it is a very entertaining show. Please tune it in, see see what you think of it. It has uh, Brad Sturdy, myself, and Larry Smith. And we get all the greatest guests. Josh Whitman, Brad Underwood, Brett Bielma. uh, Damonte Williams is uh, one of our Illini Guys correspondents. Uh, NIL-wise, he's on our show on a regular basis. You'll hear, hear Kedrick. You'll hear Matt. We have people from different media organizations, Mike DeCourcy from the Big Ten Network. We've had people from The Athletic. We've had people from Axios. We try to get as many voices for you to listen to so that you can get different perspectives on Illini sport from across the nation. We're very proud of it, and we'd love to have you uh, listen to us and join that. And of course, we have a broad family of podcasts. We have Eye on the Illini. We also have Sturdy for 30. We will, and that's Brad Sturdy's uh, podcast, has some of the best guests you'll ever hear. Uh, We also have KED's Recruiting Roundup, where KED gets you interviews with recruits, interviews with their parents, and you get a real inside look at what it's like to be on the other side and to have colleges coming and trying to get you to play for them. It's a very unique show there, and we've had a lot of people who enjoy that. So please listen to those. And of course, the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. If you don't live in Illinois, you can always look for that at your pod, wherever you get your podcasts, as we will uh, put that out there at uh, 12 noon on Saturdays. After all of our stations have played the show, you can listen to it there as an alternative. So thank you so much, folks, for listening to Eye on the Illini. And we look forward to hearing you. If we don't uh, talk to you before Christmas, please have a Merry Christmas. Have a safe Christmas. Enjoy your family and be back here on Eye on the Illini because we will be talking Illini basketball,
1: Illini football, and there's lots of things to talk about as we enter the new year.